the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Good evening. This is this is not Soapy Dollar. <laughs> I always feel a little strange when I come in first, but this is Stacy, uh, and Soapy is here in studio. Hello, Hi, everyone. Ah, uh, there, there's that voice. Thanks for joining us here this evening. Yes, I am. Uh, the big news for me is that earlier this afternoon I dropped off. Will, my son, at his first week-long overnight camp. Oh. <laughs> I must. It's so funny. I just, I, I cried. I didn't, I didn't think I would. I was fine. But it just, it just, it just happens. And then when he gets back, I guess he turns around and goes back to school? Very, yes. Our school starts a little bit later than most. Um, let's see, August. I think the 14th is when uh, my niece's daughter is going back. Right. First yes. grade. I know. It seems like they pushed that date up more and more. Now, Will's school used to be, up until last year, they were traditional and started after Labor Day. Last year was the first year that they moved it up to August 28th, I believe. So I, I think he's okay. just before. So we have a couple more weeks once he gets back, which but, um, y'all haven't started the back to school shopping yet, have y'all? No, we haven't done that. I think tax free day is coming up pretty soon, though. Yeah, so okay. that's a. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> right. Um, I did get a new composition notebook for him. It was, and another small notebook from Staples this earlier. And uh, it came to, I think, $3. I thought that's the least I have spent on anything in years. <laughs> I was, I was, the, the notebook was fifty cents, and I thought, "Wow!" What, what grade is like, he going into? Uh, he is going into fourth grade. Oh wow! So he'll be ten okay. in December. So, but yeah, he's out at TBRM. He's out at uh, their se- uh, session ten, their last session of the summer. I'm really excited! Can't, uh, what's his cabin? Let's see. He's in Circleback. Nice. Yeah, go and he's alpha. Go alpha. Well, how many are at the retreat? Do you know? Oh, let's see. Oh, it's it's quite. I don't know. Let's. I'm not sure. I don't know. That's a good question. And his uh, cabin is about ten. About ten kids, and they have two counselors, or they they call them coaches. (laughs) Well, it's an uh, important uh, day. His first mm -hmm. week long. Mm Mm-hmm. 
camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he'd got his uh, little. Right, but he doesn't take it. Nobody can't take it to camp. So he is a gab watch. Uh, Mm. Sorry, everybody out there. I'm sure you did not tune in to listen (laughs) about Will's camp. Hey, well, you've got a proud mom, you know. You've got to expect it. I've got a nervous. You've got a nervous mom too. But uh, yeah, so be you know, just I guess it's that time. We just keep in mind all the kids at camps and the counselors and the parents and just keep them in prayers, safety, and a time of growing. And The um, number of kids in each cabin, it seems like it gets bigger each year. Because when I went to, I went to a church camp in Waring, Camp okay. Capers, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd have like eight, you know, we had the bunk beds. And then we took uh, one of my sister's kids up there and we're looking around and he's like, Triple bunk beds now, and, wow. and you know it's like, oh, okay, they're trying. Fit, fit them in there. Yeah, they're wow. really trying to get them in there. Well, right. it is amazing to me uh, with the uh, trainees at Lackland. Yes, uh-huh. we these young men and women are, I would say, somewhere between nineteen and twenty-five in the main, mm-hmm. and they are. Oh, we just love them to death. They're incredible young yeah. people. But when I hear the stories of faith, mm-hmm. uh, about half of them or more, 60, 60% of them have identified this way. I've never had a Bible. I've never been to church. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any experience whatsoever with mm-hmm. church. And I'm, I'm just wanting to get my life together Mm-hmm. I'm wanting to get a new start, a fresh mm-hmm. start in life. Mm-hmm. And they're so hungry and open mm-hmm. to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense, and it meets those needs that mm-hmm. they're going through. Uh, some of the pressure is just from being in the high-pressure arena of uh, Basic training. training. Right. But some of it, it's also that, that time of life yes. when they're really right. getting serious about getting their ducks in a row mm-hmm. uh, of mm-hmm. life. And it, it's just so r- remarkable mm-hmm. to get them at that time. But what I'm going to say is that those who do identify as Christians early on, that I, I can't. I, came I belonged into the to Christ tr- before mm-hmm. I came to training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was a believer. It's amazing how many of them made that decision at a camp. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, yeah so many. I know. Went to right. a camp, uh, mm-hmm. Fellowship of Christian Athletes, mm-hmm. Young, Young Life, right. uh, church camps, mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. And then you're... Your whole childhood was pretty much one big summer camp. <laughs> so I think yeah. you probably also made that, yeah, <laughs> made that decision uh, at yeah, camp. Yeah, it, Well, <laughs> the gospel time. made a difference at the boys' ranch. When I went to the boys' home, there were 80 to 85 boys, oh, fairly yeah. small. Right. During my 12 years living there, it grew to almost four, 400. So I was there in a very fertile time, and the spiritual awakening that occurred when I was seven, Mm -hmm. uh, that was when Danny Fletcher Mm -hmm. came to faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. 
he was one of the most influential young boys at yeah. the at the at the camp, <laughs> and uh, he his conversion sparked a, a spiritual uh, upheaval, mm-hmm. a spiritual renewal mm-hmm. that lasted through my tenure. It lasted about twenty years. Oh. The, the impetus right. and the power of that gospel message mm-hmm. in, within the boys mm-hmm. and uh, i i suspect that it's still very strong yeah. with them That's uh, does, it, is danny fletcher a lot of years now but is he still living danny yeah danny is oh. still does he know alive. that Have oh you yeah he true? is one of our staunchest supporters oh, and uh, so friends he calls often and uh checking in uh, he'll he'll be He'll be checking out <laughs> sometime soon to be with the Lord because you know we're, he's about five or he six older years than older you. than I, mm-hmm. and so we're both kind of getting ready to go to the Lord. But um, he's still he's he's still uh, he's still here. That's so neat. I uh, yes, I and was Danny. I think it's so sweet and special. And by the way, you are you're listening to the Bible Live, and uh, we are, thank you so much for joining us. We will get to we read quite a bit uh, this week, and so we've got a lot yeah. actually to cover. Five I don't books. know why. <laughs> yeah, we've got to cover five different. <laughs> yes. We're stalling tonight. a little bit now, uh, but I, real quick, I, I just think it's so neat that you were a pallbearer at uh, Cal Farley's yeah. funeral. Was Danny? Was he? No, Danny was had graduated. Oh. By okay. that time, okay. uh, I don't know. I had lost contact right. with him at the time. He went from the ranch. Uh, he went to uh, Bible college and so on. Then he was a, a pastor at another boy's ranch, mm-hmm. a boy's home mm-hmm. in um, Kansas or Missouri, something like that. <laughs> And then he did that. Let's not and give uh, a <laughs> high school teacher oh, for twenty sad. years as well. Wow. So it's he's had a good, long, good, wonderful life, and very wow. rich and yes. significant. Yes. Led a lot of the young people to Christ, and mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, very happy with the life that God gave mm-hmm. him and his wife Fran. Fran. So Danny and Fran. Well, thank you, Danny and Fran, uh, yeah, <laughs> for their right. testimony. I pray often. that Will uh, encounters that same yeah. experience and the same kind of testimony. I pray that maybe Will can have that testimony in some way and be an influence on other kids' lives. Oh, I was just going to say one of the best things I remember about church camp, because I went every year I could from like year uh, uh, nine years old, anyway, uh, was the music. It, big big shot there, right. yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we'd Camp sing in the activities the building. We'd yes. sing at chapel, and that's where I learned, you know, like, pass it on. Yes. Uh, they'll know we are Christians. Mm-hmm. I am the resurrection. Right. I am the bread of life. You I know. love those great sounds. So you, you'll, <laughs> you, you'll occasionally, if you listen, you'll hear some of those songs sprinkled in. Yeah, right. right. We were the same way, only I had, ours had the added uh, element of... Uh, well, music was tremendous at the camp. We went to a camp on, on, uh, on one on, in summertime every year uh, for memorizing scripture. I mm-hmm. memorized uh, about 300 to 325 verses every year 
for 10 years and that we got to go to the camp. Uh, we, had, we loved the music, beautiful and different and new, but it had the other added element that had female voices. At the boys oh. ranch, it was just oh yeah, when it's all boys, you're not all used boys. To... We just <laughs> grunting out these hymns, you know. We loved music, but it, we it lacked that beauty of the oh, sopranos and the altos and the, the female voices. Yeah, y'all had That's a lot of baritones what... and basses, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And and child boy sopranos. That was oh, yeah. a boy soprano. <laughs> I remember we sang one time the Hallelujah chorus. And I had that real high, oh. me and several of the boys, boy sopranos, oh, the Lord God don't Y'all, y'all didn't pull the Peter Brady and like your voice is cracking while you're singing, yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. But That's it was, interesting. Uh, music was a, bit, a vital a part. part. <laughs> Uh, that you mentioned the Hallelujah Chorus, because I was actually going to save a little quote that I did about Handel's Messiah. Okay, from let's get into but, that. Yeah, let's do it. Well, well I'll well, save that quote, but what did we... save it for what book? Of, well, um... In the context of what book? I was going to save it uh, in the context of uh, Ephesians. Ephesians, yes. okay. So That's one of the books, by the way, we're going to... Uh, be covering mm-hmm. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, and First Timothy. Uh, so we got a long road to go, but uh, we can do it. These are the Pauline epistles, mm-hmm. and uh, they end with Timothy. Uh, that is the pastoral epistles. Uh, Timothy and um, Titus. Okay. Are considered the pastoral, the two young preachers that Paul knew. But Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians uh, were all written to churches of that first century. Um, many of them that Paul had had a hand in founding. Right. And how many, let's see, of these are from prison? The prison letters are, let's see, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Is that yes. right? Okay, which is interesting. I've always thought that was. I mean, uh, what a great, what a great yeah. time to. Well, maybe that's why. Uh, I, uh, it's it's a because he wrote so much and was able to in this brief time uh, establish. I mean, I mean. Uh, ultimately, of course, God is establishing the church, uh, but this is the rise of the church. I mean, the beginnings of, of course, we've Peter kind of famously in Acts, of, yeah. but uh, as far as the missionary journeys, let's see, he he goes on three, right, major well, missionary journeys. Well, the fourth journey, he would briefly release from prison in Rome okay. for about two years. And it's believed he did a fourth journey. It's not recorded in Acts. But uh, then he went back to Rome to attend the the final phase of his trial. Mm. And that was where he was executed by Nero Mm -hmm. in about 68 A.D. Wow. uh, But those two years, 
significantly, that's where Spain gets the idea. <laughs> They're very proud of that. Paul came to Spain. <laughs> so we should have a book of Barcelona. Yeah, yeah Barcelona. <laughs> hey, Barca, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, they, they think it, that he might have actually gone to Spain in, during that two-year period. He was just about to write that letter. And then near, <laughs> oh, no, that's awful. I'm so sorry, sorry oh, Paul. To, oh, but that he, does seem to be what happens is he goes uh, to an area, at least in Thessalonians, for sure. He's really driven out, I and mean, there's a lot of persecution. The church gets established. He's uh, driven out, and then he seems to be arrested somewhere. And so he writes a letter to the place that he just was. Yeah. And, uh, and we get these uh, really amazing, they're very similar in a sense because they're all letters and they're all from Paul and they're all kind of this similar time frame and it's all it's all around uh, the empire and so different cultures, but at the same time, it's still a pretty cohesive, in a way, melting pot. It was um, I mean, basically, the letters were written... From 57, 58 A.D. Mm-hmm. to 68. Okay. And they were... Um, and and each has this is good that we talk about this mm-hmm. because it's they're a good setting. What was happening at mm-hmm. that time was uh, the gospel, when Messiah came to the earth, yes. and he... When Jesus was here, his life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, and all, it changed uh, changed Judaism. Right. Judaism was all about the Messiah. Mm -hmm. It looked forward to the Messiah. And to a certain expectation on what that Messiah would accomplish. Exactly They weren't necessarily thinking a spiritual Messiah. They were thinking of political. He really did. You're right. Uh, and so uh, it, it comes, and during this period, it's when the gospel itself, several things happened. They had to translate the gospel, uh, not, I don't mean linguistically, right. but translate from Judaism right. to Christianity. To Christian faith, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like it became a new religion. Right. Uh, it was it was seamless. Mm-hmm. Jesus was simply the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies right. and the laws, and it should have been a seamless mm-hmm. flow. But it's like many, one of those, this is just, I don't, like one of those pictures that you look at it one way and you see something, yeah. and you just have to. It's the same picture. But you just and yes, it was very different, and Paul was a leading part of that process of getting the new understanding. Mm-hmm. It didn't cancel out the law. It right. didn't cancel out Judaism, mm-hmm. uh, but it changed it because now the Messiah has come. Mm-hmm. All the types of the Messiah. The offerings and and so on that were mm-hmm. part of Judaism, the type of the Messiah, they were mm-hmm. re- fulfilled in Jesus the Messiah, and they passed from uh, 
from efficacy, from being effective uh, in the light of the, uh, the, right. the Messiah has actually come. Right. And so it, it changed Judaism. Yes. Some went with the change yes. and some rejected. Mm-hmm. So it became a, a matter of uh, sure. some turmoil there. Yes. But then also was the idea that the gospel exploded out of Israel, the confines of geographic Israel, Mm -hmm. exploded across the Mm -hmm. Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, partially, it was, well, it was a spiritual movement. Mm -hmm. People were desperate for God. They were desperate for truth, Mm -hmm. to know that, that God cared and what the ultimate meaning of life was. And the and the gospel satisfied that like no other right. ever. So it exploded across your own empire, and and millions ultimately came right. to Christ, came to faith, yes. and it changed everything. And Paul was a leading factor mm-hmm. in that transformation. His ministry and his letters mm-hmm. they helped to help people to understand. What, what the had ma- happened. Who the Messiah was, <laughs> right. what had happened, yes. and what what now would mm-hmm. now open to us. And how now shall we live? Yes, uh-huh. exactly right. I, uh, I think I'll throw in that quote here because uh, that hunger and that desire yeah. uh, is such a, a beautiful thing, and it... And it only comes, I think, in certain moments. Um, this is a quote from the Messiah. Well, I went actually, <laughs> I went and saw it in D.C. It was around Christmas time at the National Cathedral. Wow. And I was just thinking, I was curious, I wonder what G.K. Chesterton, I'm a fan, right? Um, but surely he had some interesting thoughts on artistry and beauty. And, and I found this, and it just made me think of Handel's Messiah and the type of longing that we have for, uh, you know what, I'm sorry, it wasn't Ephesians. Um, I was thinking of Philippians. Think on these things, things that are pure and good and beautiful and true. And Uh Paul famously, you know, talking about that and uh, uh, anyway, this is what G.K. Chesterton's quote is: "What we need is not the cold acceptance of the world as a compromise, but some way in which we can heartily hate and heartily love it. We do not want joy and anger to neutralize each other and produce a surly contentment. We want a fiercer delight and a fiercer discontent." And I thought he would have, and it's, it's very, it's kind of similar to the great divorce in a way. What we're really longing for is to give ourselves, to be able to be fully in, in, in glory and in grace. And you get a sense of that in Paul's writings. There's, what did you say? Joy is mentioned in Philippians, yeah. like 22 times, just many 22 over. Times. Yes, and he's just, and yet here he's in prison, he's being persecuted, and yet there's this fiercer delight because he's able to, it's kind of that Jekyll and Hyde. It's, yeah. it's, um, 
Uh, which one's the good one? Let's see. Jekyll. It's like Jekyll wins. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's that uh, joy that comes with that. Uh, and that was probably the hunger. I mean, here they were living in a time where culturally there is so much. I mean, there was money that people were. There was port cities. There was well, peace the, in the Roman the Empire. The Roman Empire lived in poverty and were subject what it's called slave right, right. indentured servitude it's probably indentured servitude mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. but that fact and many others were there. Yeah. they were ready for our good news they're ready uh, well you're listening to the Bible Live and that's our music for our first break uh, give us a call if you have any questions or thoughts on these letters from Paul 210-340-9585 and we will be back after this break the song comes up, it's a new day dawn, it's time to sing When the stars came crashing down in tiny pieces to the ground, I was all alone down here, trapped beneath the atmosphere, then I thought somebody called my name, I spun around. And caught a flame I gave into a God I didn't know And now everything is falling into place A brand new life is calling And I owe it all to grace It's so much better living in your world Save you what you did for me You gave me something I want everyone to see Learning to be the light. Learning to be alive. Learning to be the light. Oh, the light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're the light of the world, right? Uh, oh, a beautiful, beautiful song. I am song. the light of the world. Yes. That is, um, well, it just highlights uh, your choice of music tonight, highlights what was happening during the time of the epistles, uh, in the Pauline epistles. Paul is, uh, takes time out. He's only three missionary journeys mm-hmm. that are recorded in Acts uh, into the different places. And then he, and keep, now, he keeps getting arrested. in jail, <laughs> prison, mm-hmm. that gives him time to write these letters mm-hmm. to them. And we're so blessed to have yeah. those letters because, uh, of course, it contains the preaching of Paul. We can be fairly certain that he preached more or less what we get in his messages, right. but that we are we have a copy uh, of his sermon notes. You know <laughs> what ta- Paul talked about how he dealt with their questions, with their problems. And it's just magnificent Mm -hmm. uh, what they afford to us as believers now. But um, each one is different. Uh, Galatians, let's start with that one. Yeah, real quickly, I'm going to say, so we 
are Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, and First Timothy was our reading for this past week. So yes. uh, we could get through them because they weren't, you know, he wasn't writing, a, he was writing a letter. So it was very, uh, we want to say simple <laughs> and yet so yes. profound. A similar, it reminds me of Job, right? It's, Just, it's a blessing to have them. Yes. Because we get the benefit of uh, Paul and what God was doing in Paul's yes. life. And through him, we get the benefit of that important teaching. Yes, and uh, so much discovery. And if you don't mind, I'm going to our wisdom reading. Our wisdom and worship was yes. from wisdom side. Um, Uh It was in Proverbs. And uh, for the past three weeks, I think this uh, Proverbs keeps coming to mind and Mm -hmm. we really love it. It's um, Proverbs 25, 2. And the idea is, is it's God's right and privilege to conceal things. It's a king's honor to discover them. And uh, it just, and in that way so much of god's it wasn't meant to be just fully known it it is meant to be a revel a revelation slow revelation of what he's doing it's a discovery and i know that sometimes that can be frustrating for sure it's difficult at times and we but when you really sit back and think about it how fun is that? How it can yeah. be a real delight. Uh, we can, because we, especially since we know the ending, we know that he is for us, not against us. We know that ultimately death does not win, that we are, you know, all those things that we talked about in Job, all of those things, it's not over that there's, there's glory. At, and uh, so in that way, we can trust that Everything is being worked out to ultimately our our good and His glory, and uh, and how fun for this time period for Paul to have been. It is As it is our glory. Mel Brooks said, "It's good to be the king." It's good to be the king. In and that this, sense. Yes, that's right. We are the joy of discovery. discovering what God is doing. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, and so, Paul, I can see why he was had such joy even in the midst of such persecution. That's and, a good thought that we see him basically uh, suffering a persecution. He's attacked. Uh, he's questioned. He doubted. And yet, Paul had this. Uh, wasn't a perfect man. He still was a human being. He needed God's forgiveness, and he struggled as a Christian. Mm-hmm. He mentions his struggle in Romans yes. chapter 7 That's and 8. Right. Mm-hmm. He says, the things Thought I want to do, I can't do them. The things yeah. I don't want to do, that's how I end up doing. So he, he mentions the old nature mm-hmm. and uh, his struggles there. Yes. But overall, it is a continual experience of joy and victory. Right. It's just an exciting life he had. Mm-hmm. And you take uh, add that, the churches and what they experience. Now, mm-hmm. I know something of that experience because I traveled with the gospel to 35, 40 countries of the world mm-hmm. uh, during the last 50, 50 years. And it's an incredible delight mm-hmm. when you go into a Mongolia or an India 
or somewhere where they've not had the gospel. Mm -hmm. You go into Russia, Kazakhstan, or and Lackland. they've had it, and they <laughs> no. they're getting it, and you get to be a part of that that new life right. that breathed into a, right. a society mm -hmm. when when the gospel gets uh, proclaimed. So mm -hmm. Paul definitely had a tremendous life in the. And God used him greatly. The other thing, you know, it would be uh, not only was there the physical persecution, and the, um, but like you said, there was inner turmoil as well. I mean, he struggled. Uh, and then also, you know, Paul, a lot of times you would think of maybe success, and especially in this culture, in this uh, Roman world and and even the Jewish world, family, you know, how many children you have or who you've married, uh, climbing up the ladder. I mean, you could see, I'm, I'm reading into this a little bit, but here Paul was probably, you know, a student of a, of a well-known rabbi. Perhaps they think Gamaliel. 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 Um, and then everything, though, just turns upside down when he meets Jesus, seemingly. Uh, he doesn't have that position anymore. He's not married. He doesn't have any children. He's pretty isolated, actually. And so maybe in that way, and, and yet, what does God do but allow him to be a part of this beautiful thing called the body of Christ and yes. the church. And you can see too, then how, what seemed to be taken away, like a Job moment, you know, all these mm -hmm. things removed, exactly. God just gives it back to him tenfold. And when he writes these letters, I mean, he talks so much about how he loves these brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a great love for the people and for the church. Yeah. And I think he's really um, experiencing and, t and tuning into what God is, has established as a new family. As a, Oh, it's very tender. It uh, is. Mm -hmm. You say uh, Philippians in particular, what very joy filled, very tender. Mm -hmm. you, you remember Philippians, you go back in the book of Acts, and you read when he got there, uh, uh, the first European uh, convert uh, was it Lydia, the seller of yes, purple, uh -huh, within yes. Philippi, and uh, that would they sang at midnight. Mm -hmm. uh, they were put in jail, mm -hmm. so they were singing to the Lord, mm -hmm. and an earthquake would have released them all. They could have escaped, but they, didn't. but they didn't. And the jailer gave his life in his household, came to faith in Christ. It, it just, all that background it comes into these enjoy. And so joy, a, a church is established. Right. And now years later, Paul writes to them, Philippi, and they have sent him an offering because when you were put in right. prison in those days, no one fed you, and people from outside, your friends and family, had to give you food mm -hmm. so, you, so you could survive. Mm -hmm. And Philippi, the church in Philippi, among others, yeah. but they spent 
uh, and sent a gift to support Paul right. in his ministry and his life. Mm-hmm. And it's a very tender, tender story. Mm-hmm. And you see that in most all of the letters, there's a tender aspect, but then some of them dealt with problems. And then right, he right. answering questions and uh, trying to settle disputes and, and uh, right. divisions and so on that mm-hmm. cropped up from in, in this, uh, some of these situations, particularly in, in the Church of Corinth was a church that had a lot of problems. <laughs> well, we've already read Corinth, about Corinth, Galatians, but, uh, uh, I mean, Cor- Corinthians. But then uh, Galatians is known for the uh, a lot about the Holy Spirit. God uh, and, and Paul is quick to tell them about one aspect of the, uh, of the church and was the members, those who come to Christ in faith, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. God came to dwell in them and to walk with them. He was their their, uh, spiritual wingman. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is the one who comes into our lives and uh, as new believers at the moment we receive Christ, we're baptized or bonded to the Holy Spirit, and He's there to escort us, unfailingly and faithfully mm-hmm. escort us to glory. Mm-hmm. He's going to get us there. Mm-hmm. And it may be kicking and screaming, <laughs> but He's going to get us there. And it, we hope it's not kicking and screaming because our role is to trust in His right. indwelling presence and in His work in refining refining our character and building us and strengthening us and using us, Mm -hmm. empowering our witness and our influence for him. So the Holy Spirit is there doing his work in us. And Paul talked about the fruit of the Spirit, famously in Galatians 5. Uh, That's a a key part of the message of Galatians, Mm -hmm. uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. And so uh, we get um, we we get the, the that message from Galatians. All the key messages, and Paul's commitment to he says uh, his only it's only passion. Paul states in Galatians six, the Paul's only passion. It's the cross of Jesus, uh-huh. the Messiah. And so uh, that, I kind of quickly, uh, a nutshell, a, a re, uh, kind of a, uh, a nutshell version of the book of Galatians. It's yeah. kind of, some people consider it to be Romans light. Romans is a very complete uh, theological, philosophical, historical presentation of the gospel the book of Romans did because he never went to Rome and so he wrote them a very complete uh, version now Galatians uh, the church uh, now Galatia is not a city Galatia is a region of Rome and so this letter was read aloud 
to many conversation, uh, I'm sorry, communities, uh -huh. uh, and many different churches groups. So it's read aloud to them, and uh, Paul is addressing the work of the Spirit and so on. And it's a good explanation of the transfer from Judaism to now the, with the coming of the Messiah. How does he affect uh, right. Judaism and the church and how it relates to people who don't come to Christ out of Judaism, but they are Gentiles, and how that affects them. So he does a good job of, of explaining that transition. Yeah, and I maybe one more quick uh, is when the Holy Spirit, the, the idea of freedom. Yes. He talks about the freedom that comes from the love with a, with a life with the Holy Spirit. And I think that that was probably um, just especially meaningful and profound for that time, um, because especially, especially when he's writing from prison right. <laughs> and he can be talking about being free. And, uh, uh, that was in even today still, you know, we all kind of want this idea of freedom. We all want, in fact, just this past week, I was listening to, um, I had in Google, I had looked up the the William Craig the debate with, um, well, it was an interview with Ben Shapiro, but then that made me just look up more. I hadn't heard of William Craig, so I'm so sorry. If you out there, William, you have. Lane, William Lane, Lane Craig. Craig. Mm -hmm. Folks, put that name down and write it down remember it. William Lane <laughs> Craig He's a brilliant theologian and apologist, mm -hmm. and he was interviewed by Ben Shapiro. Ben, ben Shapiro. Mm -hmm. uh, no no friend, I would say, uh, to the Messiah, the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. But it ain't over yet. Okay. I think Ben may come to faith in Christ yet. But this William Lane Craig yes. he did is amazing. He did a great job. And that was just an interview. It wasn't wow. a debate between. Um, and it was a right. debate. It was a very friendly an interview, um, interview. And it was but very interesting. But you will be. So encouraging to hear, Mr. Craig. Yes, at the end of it, he especially and the whole uh, interview is fantastic. Ben asks perfect questions. William answers them wonderfully, and uh, but the sweetest moment was just his testimony. William yep. Craig's uh, testimony at the end—it's really wonderful. But that made me look up more on William Craig because I had not heard of him, and uh, he had done a kind of famous debate with Christopher Hitchens uh, before Christopher died. This out was out in Biola several years. Anyway, one of the, I thought it was so ironic because one of Hitchens' big, you know, he views um, Christianity and religion in general, though, as, uh, as an un worthy authority and that it's oppressive and that people who are he and so he views himself as saving people from uh, freeing people from the oppression of religion and then specifically of the christianity of the god of the bible which which Ironically, yes, again, exactly. <laughs> it can be uh right. impressive oh, yes. it can be used and right. 
part of what Paul yes. speaks of in these books. Yes. It's, that's not exactly. Christianity. Right. Christianity is about freedom, about joy yes. in Christ. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Exactly. I, well, you got to my... Yeah. And that's exactly... And real, right. And Paul talks on that. Yes, religion. And that's another reason why it was such a ripe environment because there were so many gods and religions and different sacrifices and things that people were have you know do, and and they were and you you're hungry for freedom freedom and uh, yes. paul said this this it, you you save your life to to gain your life and of course i always think of that famous uh uh you know who is Elizabeth Jim Elliot? What does it? What does it gain? What does it gain a man to? What to, does it profit a man to gain? The give world? all that he. I know what <laughs> we're gonna. Have. I think last time I tried to quote this, I also got it mixed <laughs> up. So and I had to Google it in the break. I gotta, uh, gotta save you out of this again. <laughs> Let me see what was it. We'll get to it, but okay. you know that famous Jim Elliot quote um, <laughs> that it's it's the great. Uh, actually, I think before him, it, I think it was either Descartes or Pascal. It's the great exchange. You know, it's that mm-hmm. um, weighing what you're giving and what you're getting, and when it comes to it. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Um, you give your life that you're bound to lose anyway to a God uh, that is going to a life give that you never ends. a yeah. life. Yes, there we go. Exactly. We'll quote that. No, <laughs> will be the new quote. Write it down. Right? Yes. <laughs> well, that's Galatians. Let's let's move on to uh, Ephesians. Of course, Galatians was written one of the earlier. It thought. Probably around 57 or 58 A.D. It could have been later, but um, 57 or 58 A.D. Um, it's after the conference in Jerusalem mm-hmm. that's recorded in uh, in Acts 2. It's after that because he, Paul speaks of that conference uh, and reports to them about it. So it had to be written after that right. conference, uh, but somewhere around 57, 58 they, AD. Or, yeah, maybe even pushed a little yeah. bit because if it's from Rome, it, it kind of, they think it might have um, come right up against when he was executed even. So this Ephesians could have been uh, one of the last of could the letters. Could have been one of the latter uh-huh. letters as mm-hmm. well. Exactly right. Well, let's go to Ephesians and. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Have... I thought we were in a. <laughs> I thought that was, that was uh, Ephesians. Ephesians. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, so... go ahead and, and fill in some okay. of the blanks about sure. the dating and the time in tr- of Ephesians. Okay. Now, Ephesians, Ephesus was a city. Uh, yes. And a particular city, the experience. I think Paul was. Um, was he stoned? That's where they had that famous riot when Paul was in Ephesus. Oh. There's the, a riot. Uh, uh, the temple of Artemis or yes. Diana was there, mm-hmm. and it would, it would, Christianity of the gospel was cutting into their profits because they made idols <laughs> there. They're, they're- their profit, P-R-O-F-I-T-S, yeah, not profit. And so they got upset, and there was right. a big riot. Paul was driven out uh, out of the city, 
and so on. But uh, yeah, you go, honey. You tell them about the date <laughs> and the time on that. Oh, well, uh, and so this would have been, he would have visited and then uh, left and uh, been imprisoned in Rome. And so this was a letter back to the Ephesians. And it's uh, considered a very pastoral uh, letter. It's very intimate. It's very um, personal. It's very warm. Um, And it would have, in terms of just the content, what was happening in Paul's life, he would have been about to have his, the second trial. Is that right? So Mm -hmm. he was on trial in Rome and I think he had wanted to appear, I mean, before Nero. So he's at the brink of doing what I think he hoped to be doing, which was to share the gospel with the emperor, with Nero. And, uh, he was, was, he ended up being killed and was beheaded. Um, and so, this the letter was thought to be written just a couple of years before the execution. With so, the possibility that it could have been written earlier uh, from Corinth, perhaps, in 53 to 56 A.D. Yes, but there's two, most likely, most uh, scholars think it was about 60, 60 to mm-hmm. 62 and A.D. And from Rome. From Rome, mm-hmm. yes. And Ephesians, what did it Ephesians uh, famous for uh, Stacey. Oh, well, there's this famous spiritual armor. Yeah. yeah. In chapter uh, 6, put on the whole armor of God. Mm -hmm. Yes. That that had been preached on for probably as much as any other uh, passage of Scripture, the, the spiritual armor. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and then a lot of practical uh, husband uh, wives sending to their husbands. Um, a lot of how children, children the role should, children, mm-hmm. husbands and wives. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, you know, the wives submitting to their. But Paul is is very delicate. I mean, that there's a life of submission, though, to one another. I mean, it's not just wives to the husbands, but husbands to love their wives, and that there's a mutual um, surrender. And both of those, of course, surrendered to to Jesus, and in reverence and submission, mutual submission to Jesus. And uh, I'll tell you this real quickly. Uh, Another famous aspect of Ephesians is that Paul, during, in the book, he reveals things about our new identity in Christ. And we'll come back and talk about oh, that I a little bit that. more. He holds me that I shall not fall. Quickly to cover some of these books that we, we read on the uh, inter- in the internet this past <laughs> week, you can you can go to our website thebiblelive.com 
and we read through the entire Bible every year. And Stacy's yeah. going to tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can go and on the homepage, just BibleLive.com or TheBibleLive.com, you will have the weekly readings, what they are, and then the daily reading on whatever day you're on is right there on the homepage. If you would like to binge listen or go back and listen, you just click on the uh, um, the menu, uh, the podcast and the programs, and that'll take you to, oh, months worth of readings and you can catch up on what you've missed. And it's, they're just they're really great. Dad does a wonderful job, but gives a brief overview uh, before and after each reading, just to give you a little idea of where you are in the context and when it was written and some um, key uh, messages. And then gets right into just listening to God's word. And it's great. I've, uh, this is year three. I had said earlier, it takes about three years living in a new city before it starts to feel like home. I kind of think it takes about three years, <laughs> three times through when you really start to feel at home in scripture. And so this has been a fun year for me, my third time through. That's a good word. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so Ephesians, the, 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 I think one of the really neat, this is actually from one of the questions, but it brings out uh, one of, what are some of the truths revealed in Ephesians? about our new, and this is the term, the key term, identity in Christ. And as Dad mentioned in the break, that that's one of Paul's favorite terms, in Christ. In Christ, we are new creations. We are in Christ. And what does that mean exactly? What would they have thought at the time that that means? And uh, what can we get from that? And, um, well, you... Before Christ, before we are in, when we come into this world, we are in Adam. We are of that same DNA. Biologically, we are of the race of Adam and we are in Adam. And what this is established by being in Christ, we are a new race of people. We are no, we are, yes, biologically still uh, in Adam, in a sense, but we are spiritually reborn and we are a new race, very literally in Christ. And I always think of that C.S. Lewis, instead of us now decaying and, and tending towards and growing into death from life to death, the moment we become, we have a moment we are in Christ, we go from dying to living. We are further, more and more alive as we approach our physical death until one day, of course, glory. And, uh, but that's, I think Paul over and over references Genesis, not necessarily overtly, but he talks very much about creation and what it was. And now what will we are in Christ? It's called uh, biblical anthropology. Love it. Yes. We are in yes. Christ. Yes. Now uh, we're of the race of the redeemed. Uh, yes. Uh, the first Jesus born of was the, the twice first born, born of the twice born. <laughs> My favorite. Now we are, are born again yes. into his kingdom. And it's the life of Christ himself that flowed through us now. And spiritually, mm-hmm. it's his life and his insight and his perspective that flows through us and begin to be dominant in our lives. And Paul mentions that we're Blessed with every every spiritual blessing, 
we're holy and blameless without fault in Christ. We're adopted as God's children. Our sins are all forgiven and taken away. Um, we're marked as God by the Holy Spirit. These are some of the uh, phrases that are used, Paul uses in Ephesians to talk, talk about our right. new identity mm. as believers. Mm-hmm. I love that one. God's masterpiece. Mm. You are God's master in Christ. You are God's masterpiece in Christ. We're brought near to God. We share in the promise through Christ. We can come with freedom and confidence into God's presence. And we're members of Christ's body, the church. We are, what a family. Yeah. What a family. Oh, yeah, what a family. Mm-hmm. We can only imagine. Mm-hmm. But in the breakdown of the wall of separation mm-hmm. between Jew and Gentile, men and women, slave and free, there's the unity, there's the oneness at the body mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of blessing in store for us by reading this letter Mm -hmm. to the Ephesian believers. Mm -hmm. And that takes us into those, let's see, Philippians. Shall we uh, jump to Philippians, uh, which is one of the most joyful. Maybe he had, um, well, he wrote, he, he, he wrote so much about being joyful. I think he, was joyful. <laughs> I don't know. He wrote in, into himself into joy. But uh, let's see. The Philippians, the thing that I think is uh, the most exciting, actually, about is because he talks, uh, he gets to write. Maybe that's why he's so joyful in Philippians is because he's writing primarily about his passion, which is Christ. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the cross of Christ. Uh, but you talked about Philippians as where he really dives into his Christology. So if Ephesians is about unity in the Holy Spirit and is a pastoral, uh, Galatians is the fruit of the Spirit, is uh, Philippians is our Christology and joy letter. <laughs> By Christ, Christology, uh, the what theology of the Messiah, right. uh, we're talking about uh, what was the nature of the incarnation. Right. How, how yeah. did it work? What yes. What does it mean? God became a man. Yeah. And it, it, it's very interesting because I remember when I was a young believer, I accepted the truth of Jesus. I was seven years old. And boy, I didn't need uh, uh, apologetics. I, de- I didn't need to understand at that age how God became a man in Christ and what he would like. I just took it and, and it uh, took it for granted at face, uh, uh, what do you call value. it? Face, face value. Face value. Mm-hmm. And I went and started growing in Christ. When I got in college, I had to ask myself the question, well, wait a minute. I got this. (laughs) I got, did this really happen? Is this really true? Or is it just a Santa Claus story, uh, (laughs) the Easter Bunny, or uh, just a bunch of mythology? And I had to really get into the question. In terms of the Christology specifically? What happened? Mm -hmm. What, how did God become a man? And what did that mean? And, 
And well, why? Why did it have to be that way? Assuming what it, it did, implication mm-hmm. for me right. as a believer, mm. and that was really exciting. In the passage in Philippians two, it's very good about explaining uh, the, the, the the in some way the truth basis of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. What happened when God became a man? Mm-hmm. Uh, he simply, basically, the idea is that he limited himself. Uh, we are made in God's image, so it's not like he became a different species altogether. But uh, he, the infinite became finite. The eternal became temporal uh, in Christ. And he humbled himself, as it says in Philippians 2, and he became, uh, in fact, the man humbling. In other words, he gave up the free exercise of his divine prerogatives, authority, and abilities. Mm -hmm. He gave up the free exercise of that and stayed under the, the limitations of a man the perfect man of faith and obedience to God. And so he walked out his life, a perfect life of faith <laughs> and trust and obedience for our sake, yes. for us. Right. And then he who knew no sin became mm-hmm. sin for mm-hmm. us. It, it, it makes it, so much sense may, uh, of the life of Christ. And you can get a sense of what Jesus may have uh, his thought life, of what his experiences may have been, because he he grew throughout his life. Right. He grew in favor and, and with God and man. He he knew things. He learned things from God. Uh, there were some things he didn't know, mm-hmm. but and he he said it. Uh, it's not given to me to know mm-hmm. uh, the time when I. Uh, the time to re- return mm-hmm. to set up set up his kingdom uh he said that at one time so we we see that what was amazing it, it's no less impressive impressive that he became the perfect man in mm-hmm. every way he said in every moment mm-hmm. every situation he stayed within the bounds yeah. of faith and trust and submission to God the Father. Mm. And that's an amazing thing when you contemplate it. And now that mm-hmm. he is living that forth, that impulse to serve God and please God is active in us now. Mm-hmm. That's what it means, Christ in us. And uh, it, it's just an exciting book. Yeah. I, it, it's a couple of things came to mind when you're talking. One's kind of funny. I probably shouldn't share this. But it, we, we had talked about that, um, made that the, the in Rudy, you know, the priest. Oh, there, yeah. there are two things that uh, there I is a God. Two, two things. I know two things. There is a God and I'm not him. <laughs> yes. Jesus was, he knew two things. There is a God, God and, and I'm, I'm him, <laughs> so, Jesus, but I am not going to, uh, and that brings me though to a little bit of a, of a, to a second thought on that, which was, you talked about it being so humbling. I think you said, I mean, just the humility that he had in once that realization, I, you've also also, you've often also mentioned how he didn't come into this world with any 
special uh, knowledge. He wasn't a baby. Who? He, it's not like he never cried as a baby. I mean, he was a human. He was a human with all of the basic needs. Uh, he did not have that irresistible, irrevocable tendency towards sin and selfishness. That's very he did important not have to that, mention. Yes, he didn't have just that instinct for sin, that nature that he would... But it doesn't mean that he... Wasn't tempted. Wasn't tempted. Um, And it doesn't mean that he knew that he didn't have that sin nature. The Uh, temptations of Jesus, uh, I just want to insert quickly so people will get this idea. In what sense was Jesus tempted? Right. We always wonder in the famous question, Sunday school school question is, could Jesus have sinned when you're reading the Temptation passage from John, for example. Right. Could he what have What if he sinned? had turned that stone to bread? And, right. and that is a good one because if you say, well, yeah, he could have sinned, it's a temptation. Then they say, well, then he couldn't be God because God cuts in. And you go, oh, yeah. No, well, well, he couldn't have sinned. And they say, well, in that case, it wasn't a temptation if he couldn't have sinned. Right. And so we're... We go, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what, what was happening. Uh, the primary way of, the primary aspect of the temptations of Jesus, the Messiah, was not to sin mm-hmm. uh, in those terms. Right. It was Satan was trying to get Jesus to act of his own initiative, uh, act of his own power authority. and authority mm-hmm. at God. Mm-hmm. To turn he, that stone into bread, to do. he could he could have done it. He, had, he created that stone. He yeah. could have changed it, but by stepping out of out from, um, under the uh, cover of, of humanity, mm-hmm. he would have been eliminated. It wasn't sin, but he would have been eliminated from being our savior. Right. So our he very literally. Did it yes. for us. That was he, the aspect of his temptations, mm-hmm. and he was tempted. Uh, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, said he was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Mm-hmm. And and oh. uh, but there's a way to understand that that makes sense. And mm-hmm. wow, he goes, I see now. Jesus uh, was tempted to act mm-hmm. out. As God to solve his problems, wow. uh, he said, "Don't you know I could, I could call down ten thousand angels mm-hmm. to deliver me?" But mm-hmm. he didn't. He saved under the bond of faith and trust and submission, mm-hmm. obedient, mm-hmm. obedient to the Father. Mm-hmm. And then, like it said uh, in, in the New Testament, uh, for the joy that was set before him. Oh. And we and are that joy. joy. Talk about a love. Yeah. I mean, he must, he must really love us. He, <laughs> he must, must he really must. want us. And uh, uh, real quick, that, uh, that was that Christology. Um, I was listening to a conference. Uh, there was a panel on marriage and the Kellers, Tim and Kathy were a part of that panel. And I remember Kathy saying, you know, when it gets difficult within marriage to submit to one another, to be humble. And she says, I always just go back to Christ, to Jesus, and to his submission to the Father. I mean, if, if who am I to say that I have a right, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be right? Or who am I to 
you know, to be envious or, or to use uh, when when Jesus lived such a life of humility, if he could humble himself and take off his, then I can, you know, submit to my husband or oh, I can. Oh, that's can. a wonderful thought. <laughs> it was very, it, she says it, of course, much better and uh, take a listen if ever you get a chance. But what a, it, how motivating and how, I mean, what an incredible example, of course, of, yeah. um, of humility and if I love Philippians it's a great book of uh, the word joy is used oh, it's, it's, it's a short letter mm-hmm. four four uh, short ch- short chapters mm-hmm. and Paul uses times. the word joy written written from pri- prison mm-hmm. <laughs> he uses the word joy 22 times mm-hmm. in that short letter uh, it's a great, great book. Let's get on to Colossians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got two more books to go: Colossians and then First and Second Thessalonians, three letters. Uh, what What can we say about Colossians? It's a great city. Um, Another one of those very practical, theological. I mean, very rich and yet very practical. Paul, um, some say that Paul never went to Colossae, and that's also a, he, uh, he sent a pot, pa, pa, I forget the man's name now, he, he sent to, to pastor the church there, but they say that Paul never was there himself. It was a great city, and then he got uh, surpassed by Laodicea huh. uh, as a, a major church, but it's still an important place of of, of uh, travel and commerce. So uh, let's see what else about Colossians. Oh, this is one of my favorite. That's right. Um, in the very first chapter, uh, that he ta- he talks about that mystery or the secret that the God mystery. has kept through the ages. Uh, that Christ lives in you, your hope of the hope of glory. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Is that the great secret that was kept and, and you some people got it mm-hmm. Daniel got it some of them prophets allude right. to it Isaiah. they understand this secret that God is going to uh, renew us mm-hmm. that's the whole idea of Ezekiel's right. valley of dry bones yes. they lived again they came to life uh, and so some people understood it uh, the the idea of new birth, uh, a spiritual birth. We truly become a new creature mm-hmm. in Christ, new creation, and uh, it's an important uh, point uh, that Paul is giving. But uh, in Colossae, he, he's pointing that out. Uh, uh, what are the other characteristics of Colossians? Um, well, he, uh, talk about putting on love. Our most important article of spiritual clothing is uh, is love, and uh, I. Uh, th- yeah. And the greatest of these is love. I think that maybe you know, with the with the lack of of poss- you know, family, and how could how could he have found and been so joyful and. Uh, I uh, I think that I mean that love plays in there. Um, the other thing that really, when I was watching the debate between um, William Craig and Christopher Hitchens, 
that was one thing that I wish that Craig had maybe pressed Hitchens on. They talked a lot about the moral argument. Um, well, uh, Craig, Dr. Craig brought up mm-hmm. the moral argument for Christianity, and Hitchens really doesn't have, he, there are just no moral grounds. He tries to kind of uh, talk around it. And so, but um, I, I was hoping and wishing that love would have been brought up. On what basis is yeah. there love, and can you love without the God of the Bible? And uh, I, so anytime, I mean, when I think Paul you get just a sense that he really knew that theology, but it is also something he had experienced and was so intimate and personal and why he could write these letters so convincingly and so brilliantly is because he was he, he knew the love of Christ. He yeah. knew God's love. Uh, I think in Colossians also says um, that is what you just said is a primary a truth and a reality that is uh, alluded, alluded to and explained mm-hmm. clearly. But I, uh, he talks about the fact that the Old Testament rules about rituals and festivals yeah. and so on were wonderful and good. They were shadows. They were shadows and symbols of uh, the, the real, the, the spiritual reality that the Messiah represented, right. that yes. God working in us. And so when the Messiah came, those were uh, surpassed by the beauty of the Messiah himself. Mm-hmm. And Colossians has one of the richest, most beautiful passages about the preeminence of Christ, how beautiful he is and how powerful in all his ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very great passage in there of worship toward the written Messiah. Mm. Well, let's go to Thessalonians. We're going to get get into the last couple of books. And it, it's good that we get to these last books um, because of the topic they cover. And we don't <laughs> we don't read about this much in in uh, Paul's life in the, in these books. But the Thessalonian church, they got this message about Christ and new life in Christ and so on, and we're all caught up in that. We all are. But then there was this part of the message that was mentioned was he's going to come back again. Right. And that's what the central message of Thessalonians is Jesus is returning. And he had to write them a second letter, second Thessalonians, because of some misunderstanding, people started quitting their jobs and going <laughs> standing on the mountain and wait for Jesus to come back. And he had to set them straight in Second Thessalonians. All right, that's The Bible Live. We'll be back next week. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast.
may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 